We are on Chagiga Yerbeiz Mabez. In the Arthur Gemara, it's on 12b2, the second column. The rest of this page is going to focus on the creation of the heavens, of the Shamayim, of the firmament, and how many, uh, how many levels of the heavens there are. So the Gemara says, Amar of Yehuda. Yehuda says, there are two heavens, as the verse says, there are the heavens and the heavens of the heavens. There are two heavens. Rish Lakish argues, Rish Lakish Amar, Shiva, there are seven heavens. The seven heavens. What are the names for these seven heavens? And as you get closer and closer, uh, it gets closer to the Shekhinah, to the, to, the, to the chair of God, so to speak. Uh, these are these are not physical. Vilon, the curtain. Rakia, the, the sky. Shechakim, literally are mills, Zavul, residence. Number five is Ma'on, the abode. Machon is number six, the arsenal. And then Aravos, the plains, is the seventh one. So there are seven different levels of the Shemaim of the heavens. Again, not to be uh, taken, these are esoteric ideas, not to be taken literally. So the Gemara now is going to go through these seven different levels of the Shemaim of the heaven and explain what exactly they do and the proof that they are in the heavens. So number one, Vilon. The Vilon is the curtain. It doesn't hold anything. It doesn't serve any purpose. It doesn't, for in terms of space, what's its purpose? It basically comes in in the morning. It opens, it's, like, it's a curtain, basically opens the curtain for the sun and then it covers the sky in the evening. And through doing that, it renews creation every single day with the sun coming out and then it closing it, so to speak, the, the sun. Again, these are not physical. What's the verse for this? And so they bring a proof to this uh, from, the, from a verse. Moving on to 12b3 in the Arsual Gemara. Rakia... The sky is the is the second um, of the list, the rakia. What's in this rakia in the second level? Shabo Chamo Levana Kochavim Mazalos Kavuin. Are established in them are the sun, the moon, the stars, and the constellations. As the verse says, they prove this also. Shinamar, Vaitin, Osam Elokim Berakia Shamaim. That Hashem placed them, this is what it says in the Torah, in the rakia of the Shamaim, in this second level of the of the Shemaim of the sky. Shechakim, the mills, is the third level of the heaven, of the heavens. Shebo, Rechaim Omdos, what happens in this mills? The millstones stand. Vitochnos man letzadigim, that's the place where the special food of the man, this miraculous food, went to the righteous. So that's what happens on the third level. The man, the special food, comes down from the sky. Shenemar veitzab shechakim imal v'dalsei Shemaim. So they bring down a verse that discusses the mills and opening the doors of the sky, and the man came through there. That is number three. Number four, Zavul. Zavul literally is residence. What is there? That's where we have the equivalent. We have this a few times in Shas, where there's a Jerusalem. Milamata, our on the earth, and then there's a Jerusalem, there's a Yerushalayim Milamala in the heavens, and so there's a there's a Yerushalayim in the heavens. There's an equivalent of the city of Yerushalayim in the heavens, 
and of the temple in the heavens, and where they built an altar in the heavens. Michal korban, and Michal, the angel Michal, would bring korbanos, so to speak, offerings in that place of Zavul, of that area in the heavens. The proof to that is Shinamar, Bano Banisi Beis Zavul Lach Machon Olamim. That I've built a house of Zavul, of residence for you, the foundation of your dwelling forever. It doesn't say that it's in the sky, so therefore the Gemara asks, How do we know that the residence is part of the Shemaim, is part of the heavens? So the Gemara brings a verse for this, that you should look down from the heavens and you'll see from your residence, from the Zevul, uh, you'll see the holiness and the splendor. Okay, so that's the uh, that's the fourth of the heavens. The Gemara now continues with the fifth of the heavens. Ma'on, the abode, is the fifth heaven. What happens in Ma'on? This is the place, the Ma'on is the place where the angels would sing song at night. But they would keep silent. They would only sing praise at night, but they would be silent during the day out of respect for the Jewish people. What is out of respect for the Jewish people? Because during the day, what happens? The Jews pray. They daven during the day. They have shacharis and they have mincha. Shenamar shiro Imi. In the day, this is the proof to this, the verse says, Hashem will command his chesed, meaning referring to the Jewish people, and the night, his song is with me, his, the song of the of the angels are with me, but he will he will command his loving kindness during the day. Or, sorry, it's referring to commanding to the angels. The chesed is the angels, they will command the angels to to be quiet, and then they will sing songs of praise during the day. And again, they are quiet because out of respect to the Jews who are praying the morning prayer and the afternoon prayer during the day. What about Mariv? The Jews also daven Mariv at night. So some of the commentators want to prove, want to bring this as, a, as one of the sources to the idea that Arvis, Mariv, davening the night prayer was originally a rishus. It was a option. It wasn't a commandment. The morning and afternoon prayers were a commandment. It's uh, it's parallel to the sacrifices that they would bring in the, in the base of Migdash. They would have two daily sacrifices in the base of Migdash that were obligatory, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. They did not have one at night. At night they just burnt the the remaining fats and, um, and limbs during the night. So the morning prayer and the afternoon prayer parallel those two, and those are obligations. The Marv prayer... The nighttime prayer didn't have a parallel korban, so therefore it wasn't a parallel sacrifice, so therefore it wasn't obligatory. It was only rishos, it was only optional. However, it's very important to point out that they established it, they turned it into an obligation. So originally it was just an option, it was a rishos, but it turned into an obligation. And so therefore the night prayer really is, practically speaking, an obligation, even though originally it was only a, a rishos, it was an option. And during that night time, at night, that's when the angels would sing. Once it quotes this verse, that during the day, Hashem commands His chesed, referring to the angels, and at night they would sing songs, there are other ways to interpret this verse. Other very interesting ways to interpret this verse. And so therefore, the Gemara goes on a slight tangent. Am Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish says, Anybody that studies Torah at night, 
If you study Torah night, so then Hashem will will give you chesed in down with a charm during the day. Based on this verse, Hashem will command his charm. What's the reason? What's this chesed? What's this act of kindness that Hashem is giving for the daytime? Because you sang the song, the song of Torah. The Torah is referred to as a song. Because you sang the song of Torah at night, so therefore Hashem will bring upon you the chesed, the act of kindness, during the day. So there's a lot to discuss here in terms of that line, but just a few ideas. What is the chesed? What is the kindness that Hashem will bring upon you? So there are different explanations. Some say, well, if you're studying Torah at night, late into the night, so then if a person gets doesn't get so much sleep, so then when they wake up in the morning, so their eyes aren't as open, they're not as clear, they're not as, as awake. So the chesed is, is that Hashem will open your eyes, you'll be, you'll be able to function during the day. That is one approach. Another approach is that during the day, as we mentioned before, is referring to the tefillah. Tefillah, the, the, the obligatory tefillah, uh, from the very beginning, the prayer was always during the day. And so that it's an idea that the chesed is that the kindness is that your prayer will be accepted. If you study at night, so then your prayer will be accepted by day. Another approach of the chesed is that, based off of a verse that says, Kumi Roni Belayla, that... The Hashem's presence will be with you. The chesed, the kindness that Hashem does is that His presence will be with you when you study at night. So that's the chesed. That's the kindness that Hashem does to you. What is so special about studying at night? Why do I have to study at night? Why can't I study by day? So one explanation that's given is that the night study is a specific type of a study. It's a study of when you're all alone. No, it's, no, it's not in the public you're not doing it for the honor. Nobody else knows about it. It's just between you and God. And you're studying just in your own home, in your own privacy. And it's really for the purpose purely to study. Similar to what people do when they listen on recordings like this one. Nobody else is around. Nobody knows that you're doing it. And so it's, for the, it's purely for the, for, the, for the understanding of God and for the spiritual endeavor involved. It's not for the honor uh, at all. And that's the, that's the idea of night. I just want to quote from the Rambam. Maimonides has a very beautiful piece on studying at night. And he says, I'm just going to translate, even though there is a commandment to study both by day and by night, you have an obligation to study just the minimal amount is just one verse by day, one verse at night to show how you every day and every night you're studying a little bit, even though there's a commandment to study by day and by night. But a person only becomes, uh, he reaches most of his wisdom is from his night study, says the Maimonides, says the Rambam. It's, uh, it's when you, that's the time that you're free. That's the time that you've worked the whole day, you've been busy the whole day, but really when you're all alone and you have free time, you should take advantage of that free time. There's so much free time at night that we can use uh, and uh, for it to gain more wisdom, to gain more understanding of Hashem and of Judaism. Therefore, says the Rambam, I'm continuing in Maimonides, he says, somebody who wants to merit the Keser Torah, the crown of Torah, they should be very careful at night that they shouldn't waste their nights with sleep and with eating and with drinking and with uh, and with uh, just um, wasting time. Rather, they should use it to study the Torah and to study wisdom, says Maimonides. And this is what it means by the when the sages say that the song of the Torah is only at night. And he quotes and he quotes our very uh, passage in the Talmud that somebody who studies at night, God will give them 
chesed by day, that you'll get the, the kindness by day. And it's a, really a beautiful idea. Obviously, there's times when we need it to, uh, to relax a bit, but we have the whole night for us. The whole night doesn't have to be spent uh, relaxing. Part of that night should be spent also with the, the study of wisdom and in particular the study of Torah and of understanding Hashem and His world. That is one way of understanding the verse. The Gemara continues with another way. There's another way of reading this verse. Amr Lakish, the same Rish Lakish who gave the previous explanation, interprets it a different way. It's not referring to night and day, but it's referring to this world and the next world. Anybody who studies Torah in this world, which is comparable to night, it's unclarity, it's, we don't understand things, it's, we have questions. So anybody who studies Torah in this world, so then Hashem will give you kindness in the next world. The next world is comparable to the daytime of clarity. Things are, it's easier to understand. Um, so then Hashem will give you uh, the chesed to understand, the kindness to understand by day, if you study Torah in this world. Shinamar, as he quotes our, the verse that we've been discussing, that if you study Torah at night, during this, this world of darkness, of a lack of clarity, so then Hashem will give you the chesed, the kindness in the next world, which is comparable to the daytime. Reb, moving on with a related teaching, Amr Ablevi, Ablevi says, Kol Torah, this is another statement that says that anybody who stops from their Torah study, they're in the middle of studying Torah and then they stop, and then they engage in divrei sicha, in idle chatter, they will feed him these, these coals, that he'll be fed, he'll be consumed by these coals, these wooden coals. As the verse says, Shanemar, hakotfim maluach alei siach. Those who uproot the the tablet-like words through chatter, if they're studying Torah and then they stop studying Torah in order to engage in idle chatter, so then eventually they will be uh, their meal will be these coals. They'll be consumed by these coals, which is a pretty harsh statement. And there's a big question as to what the scope of this, how far do you take this? What does it mean if I'm studying Torah? Am I not allowed to engage in any sort of idle chatter? How far do you take this? What exactly does this mean? Which is a, a long conversation, uh, not for this recording, but perhaps we will discuss it in our uh, class on Shabbos. So now the Gemara gets back to our original topic of the various uh, heavens. So again, we're up to number five, the abode, uh, which quoted the, this verse that we went off on a tangent on. So the Gemara is asking now, how do we know that the abode which uh, held the, the, had the angels sing at night, how do we know that it's in the heavens? So they quote a verse, You should gaze down from this ma'on, from this abode, from the heavens. Okay, moving on to number six. We're going to try to go through the seven. Number six is machon. Machon is arsenal. What happens there? This is the second to last one which is the storage house of really of, of punishment, of, of snow, but it's referring to snow of a snowstorm, or of hail, or full of destructive dews, and an attic full of beads of water. This is all destructive of whirlwinds and storm and a cave of vapor, and the doors of all these rooms are fire. So this is the sixth one, the second to last one, as you get closer and closer to the chair, so to speak, of God. Shanamar, the verse for this is, 
They quote a verse for this idea. So the Gemara asks, it interjects and asks, Why are these in the heavens? We have a verse that implies that it's in the earth. There's a verse that implies that the, these storage houses of, of punishment are not in the sky, but they're in the earth. The Gemara answers, Rav says, again, we've had Rav many times on these pages, David HaMelech, King David, didn't want them in the sky. These are they shouldn't be with uh, directly in, the, in direct proximity to spiritual proximity, uh, uh, not physical proximity. God doesn't have a, a physical being, but such close proximity uh, to God. These are these are punishments. So Amar Lefanav he said to God, Lo kel resha ata. You're not the God who desires wickedness. Lo You don't dwell amongst evil. Tzadik Hashem. You're a tzadik. Lo It shouldn't be with evil. So therefore, bring it down to the to the earth. So those storehouses of that were of punishment. Um, those specifically ones that are punishment were brought down to earth from King David. So the Gemara again asks, "How do we know that the arsenal is called heaven?" as it's written in the verse, So they quote a verse that uses the word "mechon" in the context of the heavens of the sky. Finally, the last one, Aravos, the plains is the last one, is the seventh heaven. What's in the seventh heaven, which is right directly very close to Hashem? Shabot Sedeg Mishbot that's where there's righteousness, justice, and charity. Ginze Chaim, Beginze Shalom, Beginze Bracha. These are the treasuries, the storehouses of life, of peace, and of blessing. The souls of the righteous are there. The Ruchos and Hashemos Shaosid Libaros, and the spirits and the souls of of the people who are going to be created in the world, are also waiting there to be created. And also the dew where Hashem, of, that Hashem uses to resurrect the dead, that's also there. And the, the Gemara now will go through each one to prove how it is in the heavens in this place. Righteous and justice. They quote a verse for this. Charity, we're moving on to 12b5 in the art scroll. We have Tzaka have a verse, the, the storehouses, the treasuries of life, they quote a verse, the treasuries of peace, treasuries of blessing, they quote a verse for that, the souls of the righteous are there, also the Spirits and souls of the people that are destined to be created. Also, the verse Tzirsev Ki Ruach Melafana Yatov and Neshamos Ani Asisi, and also V'Tal Shalsi Rakash Baruch Halachas Bomeisim, the dew that Hashem uses to resurrect the dead. Tzirsev Geshem Nedavos Tanif Elokim Nachalas Vanil Aata Chonanta. They have a verse for that as well. And the Gemara continues and says, Do you know what else is there? Shama Fanim Mitzrafes V'Chayes Kodesh Malachay Hashares. You also have the various angels that are called Ofanim and Srafim and the Holy Chayos and the ministering angels, Vikise Hakavod and the throne of glory, Melech Kelchai Ram Venisa Shochin Alehem. And the king, the exalted king, rests upon them. That, that's where the king is, the throne of glory is there, and the king rests upon them. Shenemar Solu Larochev Barovos Bekashimo. And they quote a verse for this. So let's do a few more lines. We'll go a little bit above 20 minutes, but this will be the concluding recording for this week. How do we know that it's referred to as Shemayim, this last heaven, which is right where the throne of glory is and the, the king, Hashem, is, is right on top of there? 
So they, they derive it from a connection. It says, Asr, Rechiva, Rechiva, Ksiv, Hacha, Sola, Rochev, Baravos. The word Rochev is found with regards to this place called the Ravos. Ksiv, Hazam, Rochev, Shamayim, Bezracha. The same word is used in the context of the heaven. So Reish Lakish concludes, What is surrounding God? We have these darkness clouds, these thick clouds and thick fog is surrounding God. Based on the verse, Shinamar, Yashis, Choshech, Sisters, Sivivos, Sukoso, they bring a verse uh, to prove this. The Gemara asks, is there really darkness in the heaven? There's light that dwells with God, not darkness. The Gemara answers, this is not a question. Moving on to 13a. 13a1. One is the inner chambers, one is the outer chambers. The inner chambers is where there's light. Directly where the God is, is the light, and that's surrounded by darkness. Ba'am Ravacha Bar Yaakov, a few more lines. Ravacha Bar Yaakov says, There's one more heaven above the heads of the Chayos. There's one more heavens, according to this opinion of Ravacha Bar Yaakov. It seems to be that there are eight, according to this opinion, not just seven. And the Gemara then concludes with this entire topic of discussing the creation of the earth and the creation and what the heaven structure looks like, this, until this point, everything we discussed, you're allowed to speak about. From here on in, you don't have the ability to talk about it. As it's written in the book of Ben Sira, there's a book that uh, didn't make it in Tanakh, but uh, is, a, is a book by of Ben Sira, where it says in there, that which is distant from you, don't don't go into, don't delve into. Anything that's hidden from you, don't look into. But that which you have been allowed, you had permission to to study, contemplate that. You shouldn't deal with the esoteric. Anything beyond this, you should not deal with. This, which is hard enough to understand, you're allowed to deal with, but anything beyond this, you are not, you do not have permission to go into the, beyond this, the esoteric ideas that are beyond this.